Ah, people, 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 people. First and foremost, happy Monday to everybody. It's Maniac Monday. Big shout out to the Cinemaniac. Shout out to the Tudor reviewers, listeners, lovers out there, supporters out there. You know, I'm I'm saying happy Monday. You know, it's the start of a new week. We're one day away from starting a new month. You know, another opportunity to get it right for X amount of days, man. While I'm saying all of that on a positive note, it's this is this is a bad one, man. You know, if it, all my Philly listeners out there, y'all know what we say. We say it's a bad John. But if you're not from Philly, it just means it's, it's fucked up. Like this is fucked up, pretty much. That that pretty much is the gist of when us Philly folks say this is a bad John, man. And that's exactly what this is, people. Now I, you know. I was I was hesitant to do this because I'm I was looking, you know, back in my memory banks and I was thinking to myself, I don't think I've done an episode like this since, you know, the Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant and the other passengers that were on board. Rest in peace of that helicopter that crashed. I don't think I've done one of these, um, you know, in memoriam type of episodes. I mean, I did dedicate a Coach Carter commentary to uh, one of my best friends that passed away, but I don't remember doing something like this in particular in a long time, man, I, I don't necessarily use the platform for that, but I feel like when it when it hits home and when the mood strikes, then, you know, I strike while the iron's hot. Not to say I'm like, you know, um, trying to use this situation as some way to get like, no, it's not even none of that. Because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, the gossip colonists and the, the, the tabloid journalists, they use this shit to be exploitative. And I feel like instead of me using this to, you know, do or say anything negative and have this like a grievance period, I mean, it is pretty fucking sad. Obviously, we know why we're here, but I'm going to probably try to make this into a, a, a celebratory episode, if anything. People, if you have not heard the news this Monday, uh, Sunday night, unfortunately, man, Paul Rubens, uh, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, a childhood icon man a a living legend in more than just that you know that character in those movies man he passed away 70 years young man he was still young listen this is the crazy thing man i'm in my 30s and i feel like 60 70 it is still very considerably young man being as though people you know die from natural causes in their hundreds nowadays somebody on instagram just celebrated their like hundredth and 10th birthday or something like that and it's seemingly was still in their right mind i'm just i'm looking at shit like this and i'm like jesus 70 man but yeah people um paul rubens passed away man sunday apparently and you know they just released the news today and i saw it and i just stopped in my tracks man it's i'm not gonna say it was the same type of shock as when like a michael jackson or george a romero passed away but i was like it fucked my world up god damn like I still, to this day, me and my daughter will turn on Pee-wee's Big Adventure at any given time and laugh our asses off and quote lines from that movie from start to finish. Paul Rubens, man, this this is a guy, um, first and foremost, before I get into it, man, like I said, he, he passed away at age 70, man, and hashtag fuck cancer in all caps, man. It is just the suckiest shit that you could ever experience or go through or lose somebody to man like condolences to anybody that's lost anybody from cancer i know both my grandparents had it uh actually um you know both my mother's parents and my father's mother you know so that's like three grandparents total that had it man it sucks it's like 
it's 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 i'm not gonna say it's inevitable because obviously there's treatment and cures for it but it's like once it hits and it hits hard enough to the point where it spreads and things of that nature like i've done a little bit of research on it just because i've had you know relatives that have had it man it's just i say all that to say that fuck cancer it sucks man it is terrible and it's just heartbreaking man but this is the, the crazy thing about this news um on paul rubens passing away man paul rubens apparently he kept this sickness very private and you know it's, it's not uncommon that celebrities do this you know I, i'm so glad that jamie fox has made a healthy and you know i'm not gonna really say speedy but um a well-timed recovery but jamie fox wanted to keep his illness private you know and he came out and he explained why he wanted to keep it private and why he didn't want to see people you know or why he why he didn't want people to see him like that with tubes and shit you know shoved in him and all types of things and i understand man these are these are regular people at the end of the day outside of all the accolades and the fame and the money and all of that type of shit and being immortalized on on tv and film these are regular people man they 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 bleed like us they get sick like us and so on and so forth so I can understand why he kept that private. I believe Chadwick Boseman um, kept his sickness private too, and it was really sad with that situation because Chadwick Boseman was, you know, uh, it was obvious he was losing weight and he was starting to look different, and people were making fun of him because of that. Little did they know he was trying to act and you know stay active until you know until the day he died. Man, he was just keeping it very private. His family wanted to keep the sickness private. And that's what Paul Rubens did here, man. Nobody knew that it says here in this article it was a six year struggle with cancer that he he chose not to make public. And I even in his death, man, I respect that so much, man, because you don't want you know, some people don't want people feeling sorry for him. Some people don't want people running with theories and stupid shit that motherfuckers do online. They don't want any of that. You know, they just want to if they know that they're going out and they or they know that they're fighting and they have plans to try to make it out. They want to keep it, you know, whether to themselves or amongst their families or their close relatives, sources, whatever things, you know, whatever the case may be. But the crazy thing is that, um, you know, there was a statement that was released when they announced his death and it was something that he left behind, you know. And the thing that this article says, this is um, what the hell is this? So I'm not. You know, if I'm if I'm spreading misinformation, you motherfuckers go to this source right here. But this is the Associated Press. I just clicked on one of the first links that I saw um, for this article. And apparently the the message he left behind in the in the wake of his death, I guess he knew that, you know, he was struggling with this for six years. He probably knew what the outcome was going to be, man, which makes it even sadder that, you know, that people get content with things like that. But it, it does happen. People deal with death differently, even when they're like staring it in the face. But, you know, his his the thing that he left behind, it says, please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing the last six years. Ruben said in a statement released with the announcement of his death, I have always felt a huge amount of love and respect for my friends, fans and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you yo listen man i'm glad that it was you know something that was a written statement as opposed to you know a lot of people might call this controversial i'm just saying this as far as um posthumous posthumous statements 
made uh, by celebrities in the wake of their deaths, man. You know, Jerry Springer recently, and I had no idea he did this. There was a video message he left behind for his kids and it got very messy. We're not going to talk about that. If y'all don't believe me, go online and check that shit out. It is one of the craziest videos I've ever seen. But to see a like to read something that's that's one level but to see a video you know that's like iron man tony stark shit you know i love you 3000 on the hologram type of thing that's a different level of of heartbreak and emotion man but the fact that he left something behind for the family friends and fans everybody to to let them know how much he appreciated them like it's a it's such a there's a bit of satisfaction there man because he knows that people loved him you know he had uh, paul rubens had his 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 running with the law once upon a time we're not going to you know spend this episode talking about that i already don't want to take up too much of this time but like i said i want to make this more of a celebratory thing man and um like for me i was definitely familiar with um you know peewee's playhouse and all of that uh i like it wasn't the like must-see tv for me even as a kid it was entertaining enough it wasn't until i got older and went back and watched a couple episodes like online or some shit where I found it and I didn't even realize people like Lawrence Fishburne were uh in that movie I don't know if Rob if the rumor is true but I think Rob Zombie was like an assistant on the set of Pee Wee's Playhouse I I don't know somehow in my wacky fucking mind that makes sense if Rob Zombie really was an extra in that shit but for me for me personally man I there's a lot of roles that Paul Rubens played, man. There's movies Paul Rubens was in that people either don't remember or they've never even, they don't, they've never seen him in there at all. You know, some people might be like, okay, yeah, I, I, I may remember that. And some people may be like, well, no, he wasn't. I've, I've seen that movie from start to finish. I've never seen him. Um, you know, but for me personally, I know I keep saying this, so let me get to it. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is the, is the template. That's the epitome of just the overall bits of comedy and joy that paul rubens brought to my childhood man that was uh i think that was tim burton's directorial debut like his big screen debut if i'm not mistaken and there's definitely commentary um i don't think i have my copy of the dvd anymore but if you guys search hard enough there is commentary for Wee's big adventure with tim burton and um you know paul rubens man and it's it's something from what i remember is definitely something special man because they talk about like the the humble beginnings of trying to get that movie made you know celebrating the release you know the the anniversaries of the release of the film and things of that nature like they talk about production moments and behind the scenes all the moments and shit is there trust me it's definitely worth the watch start to finish also peewee's big adventure has always been one of those movies i gotta shout out danny elfman real quick too because it's one of those movies like beetlejuice where i can just completely take away the audio and just keep the 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 musical score in there the score is that good that it almost tells the story for you without the you know without the dialogue in it and i i really admire that about the movie man but P, like peewee herman paul rubens is peewee herman he was just i'm telling you like even today the movie's still side splitting funny to me but there's this there's this creepy <laughs> dark edge that paul rubens always brought to such a childlike character you know with, with peewee herman man there's like there's this thing where m- maybe he's not all the way okay upstairs i mean i don't they never ne- like they never confirmed how old peewee herman's character was in the movie but 
I always told myself if they did like a horror movie remake of it, which I think Paul Rubin said he he wouldn't mind doing one day. And it's a shame we didn't get to see this play out because it's like did like I always figured like if they did a horror movie version, Pee Wee is the type that would have like murdered his parents and buried them under the the yard or something like that, or he would have made them a part of like the breakfast machine contraption. I don't know. That's just that's the darkness that that Paul Rubens has in that movie in in certain scenes, man. And he did um. He did three of those movies, actually. He did Big Top Pee Wee. That came out in... Uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure came out in 85, I think. And Big Top Pee Wee came out in 88. That movie wasn't as good, but it was like... You know, you took Paul Rubin's character out of whatever neighborhood, whatever area, whatever cross-country, you know, road trip from hell he was doing to find his bike in that first movie. And you placed him on, like, this farm setting. This small, small, small town farm setting. And then you throw in... Um, God damn, I can't remember the actress's name that was in there, but uh, it was Penelope Ann Miller from The Relic, played his girlfriend, and then he fell for the, the chick with the crazy accent that was in Hot Shots. Like, it's, it's a lot going on. Chris Christopherson was in that movie, man. I, I like, I've got a lot of nostalgia for Big Top Pee Wee. Not my favorite of the three, but it's definitely better than the, the, the Netflix one. I don't remember what that was called. Let me, let me skip ahead and look it up really quickly. Was it, oh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Came out in... 2016 and i remember being pretty excited for that one man i was like damn paul rubens came back like he's back in the in the gray suit with the red bow tie like he's back you know doing the laugh and all that other shit and when i saw it i was like yeah this is y'all are trying to do this peewee's big adventure cross-country road trip type of thing and it didn't really have the magic that that first movie had that's one of the things i was banking on with that film i knew it wasn't going to hold the same weight because it wasn't tim burton you know, I even liked, um, I don't know who the director of Big Top Pee Wee was, but that director wasn't bad. But I knew, I knew the third movie wasn't going to be Tim Burton, and I feel like maybe, maybe unrealistically, I held it to that standard. But, you know, I appreciate the fact that he had his own Netflix original film that was, uh, you know, ca still canon to the, the, the Pee Wee's Big Adventure franchise. And I'm looking at some other Paul Rubens credits here, man. I don't know how many of y'all remember back at the beach frankie and annette type of shit and they played that some things live forever song and i wanted to punch the shit out of their son i hate it listen let me tell y'all something before i you know sing paul rubin's cameo praises for back at the beach let me click on this shit real quick just so i could see this actor this this i, I love this this story like frankie and annette i love that you know back at the beach it's a time capsule film it was a product of its time is basically what i'm saying and Paul Rubens is in it, yes. But that's the son? The son? I fucking can't fucking stand that son. Was, was his name Bobby? Is his name Damien Slade? Is this Bobby? I think that's the son. Um, but listen, I, I could not stand that little fucker in that movie because he swore he was all cool and he kept coming in, you know, you know, chiming in on the song at the end of it. But we're not even going to do that. I'm not going to do that. We're going to sing the praises of my man because my man Paul Rubens had a cameo. And I was always so confused. I was like, Pee Wee fucking Herman is in this movie? Because Back at the Beach was like another one of those childhood movies that used to come on like HBO or something like that. You know, at random times during the week. It was to the point where I loved it so much. I would look for it, you know, when my grandparents had like the TV guide or when you had the channel where you had to just wait for the shit to come back up like an hour later if you missed it while it was scrolling. I used to wait for the shit to come on. And that's what that is not even going to say one of them. That's the highlight of that entire movie is when I, I kid y'all not. And I remember this happening. And I, if I start to feel like I'm crazy enough, I got a tab for YouTube that's open 
on the computer right now, and I will bring this clip up if y'all think I'm crazy. But I swear I remember Pee Wee Herman flying in on the beach on a fucking surfboard, and then he came and performed like the the bird is the word song, lost his damn mind, entertained the shit out the crowd, and then flew away. Listen, I know I'm not crazy. Let me let me see. Uh, see, and apparently, whoever the hell that is that sounds like um one of the twisted metal fucking cars out there man that shit was serious and whoever it was they wanted them to move out of the way let me see back at the beach i know i know i'm not crazy people Wee herman bird is the word surfing bird i'm telling y'all okay I don't, I don't always do this and bring up clips but i feel like it's necessary because i know i'm not crazy here Take a the place from the <sighs> your phone. Then see, this is what I get. I should have, I should have just left well enough alone. Cause now we got Jeff Goldblum. I knew it. They're carrying this motherfucker's surfboard on the beach. I knew it. Okay, we don't, we don't have to relive the entire song because it's a very repetitive song, and I don't want it to drive people crazy on this episode, man. But yeah, that's the highlight of. You know, that's definitely the highlight of Back at the Beach, man, was Pee Wee Herman popping up on a fucking surfboard, you know, shutting the show down, you know, performing at the on the beach and then just leaving. You know, I don't know if he was getting royalties, but the likeness of Pee Wee Herman was used in Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Rest peace to the King of Pop also. But that was in 1988. And I know they used the likeness of Pee Wee Herman because when they did the Speed Demon portion where everything turns into basically claymation and they're chasing that rabbit on the motorcycle, um, I think one, either the rabbit or somebody else turns into Pee Wee Herman and they mock his voice when he says, you know, uh, pull over and get your ticket right or whatever it is. So he's in that one, too. And then this is the one that I say people, you know, obviously there's going to be, you know, DC and Batman fans out there that are just like, yeah, we knew that already. We're, we're, we're seasoned to this shit. But I guarantee you there's somebody out there that didn't even realize Paul Rubens was in Batman Returns. Him and I can't remember um, the actress's name. I want to say her name was Marge Salinger. Um, you know, she played, uh, what was her name? Simone in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, ironically enough. But him and her play the Penguin, Danny DeVito's character, the Penguin's parents, in the opening sequence of Batman Returns. They're the ones that are drinking like the martinis with the olives in them and they're running on that bridge with the, you know, with Penguin's carriage and they dump him over the, you know, over the side of the bridge and let his ass go into the sewer. So he's in there, which was another nice Tim Burton. You know, one of the things I love about Tim Burton, you know, he does kind of what, you know, what, um, what Wes Craven used to do, recipe shout out to him, recipe shout out to George A. Romero, he did it, when your directors love their actors, that's something that Tim Burton did, and Paul Rubens is scattered in a, a couple of Tim Burton films, man, and you know, to the to the naked eye, one wouldn't even notice, because we're so used to seeing Paul Rubens in that Pee Wee Hurt, like that was, like I said, the template for a lot of people as far as the characters he played, now there were more characters, you know, in the same year, 1992, same year that uh, Batman Returns came out, and I remember as a kid when Buffy the Vampire Slayer first came on like cable, like when I first started seeing it on cable and shit like that, I remember I didn't even recognize Paul Rubens as uh, as Amelin in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it's crazy because today is the anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer's release, man. And he passed away on that. No, well, he passed away the day after. But it's unfortunate, man. It's, it makes it even more close to home. But Amelin the vampire that paul rubens played in buffy the vampire slayer there isn't 
you know, the humor is either unintentional or he makes it, he, he know, he lets you know when he's injecting the humor in there, but he is intimidating as fuck, even with one arm and you got Luke Perry, god damn, recipe shout out to Luke Perry and Rutger Hauer, who were all in that movie, man, uh, made the, the movie amazing and it still holds up, but Amelin, when he played this character, I don't care if Luke Perry's making fun of him and he's, you know, he's calling him lefty and, you know, he's, he, he took his arm off when he was on top of the van. He still used to scare the shit out of me because I'm like, whoa, there is like, he looks like he could tear a throat out. I don't know if they let Paul Rubens kill anybody in that movie, but I loved it. Like he was a badass. He had the, he had the long hair. He had the leather jacket. You know, he had the leather boots and the leather pants. Like he was, Amelin was a badass who just you know, I, ironically enough, while I said we're, you know, celebrating the life of Paul Rubens, he literally, his character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer would not die. Stabbed in the heart and everything. Uh, I didn't, I never knew that he was one of the voices on The Nightmare Before Christmas either. He did the voice of Locke a year later. And um, years after that, like these are movies that, I, shit, listen, while I'm singing his praises right now, I almost was, if I wasn't on IMDb right now, I wouldn't have looked and noticed that and were remembered that he was in Dunstan Checks In. He played Buck Lafarge. And his character in that is like his character in Dunstan Checks In, which is another childhood nostalgic classic for me. Um his character in that movie, you know, he's Buck Lafarge is a hunter who's who's summoned to the hotel to take down this orangutan who's causing all this mayhem in the hotel. And he's taking it seriously. Like, no, nah, we got to put this son of a bitch down. We've got darts or we've got bullets. Y'all can pick one and I'll get the job done. He's basically like a more deranged Burt Gummer who's not going up against Graboids and Tremors. But he's insane. But there are moments where... You know, he's trying to play it straight. He knows it's a, it's a it's a comedy. He knows it's a family comedy. It's a children's film. It's a goofy role. But there are moments where he's trying to play it so straight. He can't shake the Pee Wee Hermanisms that that he's given us over the years. He can't shake it. He's done. Um, Never knew this until now. He did uh, the voice of the raccoon on Dr. Doolittle, the, act, the, the Dr. Doolittle with um Eddie Murphy. I did not know that. That's something I wouldn't mind going back and. Um, you know, watching just to see who did the voice of who. I, the only person I think I remember doing a voice acting job in the first Doctor Doolittle is, is Chris Rock. Did Chris Rock do the, the voice of the mouse? I don't know. It just seemed like it would make sense. I don't. Listen, don't judge me, people. I'm just assuming here. And one of the roles that he did that a lot of people don't, you know, they don't even really credit this movie when they talk about underrated superhero films even though nobody really is super i mean there's one character that literally can turn himself invisible and the movie that i'm talking about that paul rubens was in where he plays a superhero named the spleen is mystery man that came out in 1999 and that is a forgotten gem when people talk about you know movies like kick-ass and defendor and things of that nature like can we please put some spec on mystery men's name i remember like the blue raja and um mr furious or whatever ben stiller's name was in this shit you had um what's her name janine garofalo was the chick who had the bowling ball with the skull inside of it kel mitchell was the said invisible hero i was talking about he's the only one with any real powers west studi was in there william h macy was in that movie hank azaria i think played the the blue Raja or whatever his name was and then you had greg kinnear who was the main superhero they were trying to save jeffrey rush was the main villain Praz from fucking the fujis was in that shit but 
it was something that was just so gross but so interesting about Paul Rubin's character, the spleen. He was the one that he had the warts on his face. He still had the long hair, but he, I remember, I don't remember if this was his first scene or not, but I do remember he comes into the diner and he's like trying to recruit. He's basically trying to recruit himself into the mystery man. And he's just like, listen, do you guys want to know my superpower? Why they call me the spleen? And he tells somebody, I think to pull his finger and he, he farts and he knocks people out. Like that's his, that's his deadly gas. You know what I'm saying? And it like quite literally, and he's a part of why that movie is such a for like like a slept on gem, man. Like I, you know, they say one person doesn't make the film, and the film is bigger than one actor. But I, you know, now that I think about the scenes he was in and just the movie overall, it's like it wouldn't have worked without Paul Rubens. You know, it it would not. Have, it was such like an unlikely role, man. Because I I loved. Paul Rubens because he wasn't afraid to step outside of that fucking Pee Wee Herman persona like yeah okay this is for kids and this is a childlike persona of the character and all this type of stuff I like he's like yeah I get it but he wasn't afraid to be Amelin you know a, a blood-sucking vampire who was actually pretty scary at the time he wasn't afraid to be a gross-ass superhero who, who had warts all over his face he wasn't afraid to be a drug user and drug dealer now granted I'm, I'm saying drug dealer I don't know if he was a dealer I have not seen Blow, but he played Derek in Blow. Listen, I hope nobody out there just like frown their faces up because, yes, I have not seen Blow, people. It is on my list of first time watch commentaries to do, um, but I haven't seen it. But I remember when I saw a clip from it on YouTube, I, I remember just getting curious one day and I said, let me look on YouTube and, and look up a clip of this shit. And lo and behold, the clip that I found was a clip of Paul Rubens and Johnny Depp was in there. And it was like some type of obviously it's a period piece based on a true story but paul rubens was kind of like he looked like he belonged in either wayne's world 2 like he was one of the people that was attending wayne stock or he looked like he was one of the extras from like the doors with val kilmer the the jim morrison movie i don't know but i he is one of the reasons and i'm going to be completely honest it's not johnny depp it's not penelope cruz it's nobody else that's cast in the movie blow that i haven't seen yet that makes me want to watch it more than paul rubens because it's just such a it's a role that people you know I would imagine that there was probably some parents in the world, somewhere in the world, that were bitching. Oh, my God, Pee Wee Herman's playing a drug user. And it's like, yeah, it's called method acting, man. You want this man to be typecast his entire career? Now, I I appreciate that while he wasn't typecast, he was not afraid to show up at a, you know on TV shows and I, I think this motherfucker was in like some some wrestling episodes and, you know, do voice acting and reprise the role on certain things like he wasn't afraid to not let himself be typecast, but to uh, reprise the role is what I should really say. He wasn't afraid to reprise the role that that made him famous. And that's something that I appreciate, man. He never he never really got too big for his bridges. You know, it's kind of like two different calibers of actors here. But uh, if we're talking character actor, it's, it's like how Robert England was not afraid to dress up like Freddy Krueger at certain events or even if he wore the, just the sweater and the glove to do interviews or press junkets and things like that, man, just to show up because this is the character that you will always, you know, love and respect and pay homage to because it definitely paved the way for your career. I love that he was never he, he never allowed himself to get, you know, too bougie for it. He never allowed himself to get, you know, to burn his bridges and so on and so forth. I I did not know. I don't know what episode or whatever I was talking about this on, but I didn't know he was on the blacklist. All I know is that I tried to give that a chance. I know James Spader is in it. I couldn't really get into it. Not really my thing. He was in 
y'all know I don't watch nothing on CW. I didn't know he was in five episodes of DC Legends of Tomorrow. I, w- I would watch it now just to see him pop up in their D-book. I don't know how the fuck you spell his name. He was in how, What We Do in the Shadows. And Jesus, man, he's he's got a lot of TV credits to his name. He did voice acting on um, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. He was in Gotham. Now, I did not know he was in the Gotham TV series. That's a series that I started but never really stuck with. Uh, I definitely wanted to be as interested as I could in that because I'm a Batman fan. I'm a DC fan. I wanted to see how they were going to try to where are you going to ground it more in reality or are you going to take more liberties than christopher nolan did in his dark knight trilogy because it seems like it could be placed in the real world just a little more over the top than what nolan was doing but he plays elijah van dahl in three episodes of gotham i'm not sure who that fucking character is but it was good that he was in another batman movie man and i'm pretty sure he was well aware like well yeah i've got no problem doing this i did batman Returns, so i'll come back to the property again and i i love that i don't know if that was just the amount of respect he had for the the movie batman returns as a whole i don't remember him ever talk like seeing an interview where he discussed that or i don't know if that was just something he felt like he owed to tim burton for putting him in the in the universe i'm not sure but still it's one of the it's one of the best gestures in in paul rubin's career man like uh, like to, to wrap things up people because i like i said i just wanted this to be like a, a more of a celebratory thing and it is don't get me wrong, man. It is it is a sad moment. Like whatever I was talking about in the midst of seeing that article, it it was just non-existent at that point, man, because it's just such a it's like having a big chunk of your childhood just snatched, man. That was one of the captions I put when I, you know, when I posted the fact that he passed away on Instagram. I I believe I said it was just a, a complete shot to the heart, a straight shot to the heart, man, because it it's like, I, you know, I say this often. We look at, you know, whether they're childhood nostalgic characters or whether they're modern day nostalgic characters in that industry. We look at these people as if they are these are superheroes like, you know, no pun intended, because I know I was just talking about mystery men and, you know, Gotham and Batman Returns and shit. But sometimes we do like I feel like even as adults, that's what shocks us at the end of the day. We forget that these people are regular people like us man and things happen anything could happen it's a crazy world but you know when it when it happens to to people like that i'm not saying one life is more important than the other but when it's when it's somebody that has that you don't even know that has impacted your childhood and you know a peewee's big adventure is a movie that it's probably one of the best road trip films you know road trip comedies ever man i I have a list of road trip comedies that i wanted to i don't know what month i was going to spend doing those commentaries but peewee's big adventure tommy boy black sheep dutch um you know i'm I'm not talking about the dutch you smoke i'm talking about with ed o'neill and ethan embry if y'all have not seen dutch listen how i make it come full circle people while i'm recommending the movie dutch ed o'neill ethan embry eg Daly's in there who was in what peewee's big adventure she played dotty what listen people i'm tell i make it come full circle on the tutor views podcast every time not every time but in more ways than one but y'all get what i'm saying i'm i'm naming like road trip comedies man planes trains and automobiles and things like that i almost said joyride but the the humor in that movie is unintentional but I, y'all get what i'm saying and that movie is just it's such a staple man the character is such a staple man it's been 
it's been mocked, you know, on In Living Color. I was just scrolling. They've got full episodes of In Living Color on YouTube. I was just scrolling on that shit a couple days ago. And I saw that Jim Carrey was doing, you know, this the sketch comedy part for the Pee Wee Herman segment. And I'm just like, this this motherfucker's a you know, whether he got offended by that sketch or not when he saw it back in the nineties when that episode aired. At some point you gotta be like, well, goddamn, like if they're spoofing this, I must be a household name. And that's something you know, it's a lot of ways to be immortalized in uh, in, in the industry. I, I'm always talking like I'm a part of this shit, but this is just my personal opinion on this thing. It's a lot of ways to be immortalized. You can be remembered for the, you know, the run-ins with the law. You can be remembered for the bad shit you did, or you can be remembered for the, you know, maybe the scandals or the drama on set with these movies, or you can be, you know, you can be remembered and immortalized as one of several of the most classic, you know, movie and tv characters that that you know people have ever seen man i feel like that's that's definitely something that this guy is gonna go down in the history books as man it is a it's a sad time man i saw that um christopher nelson the guy that did the special effects on um uh david gordon green's halloween trilogy he posted uh you know like a tribute to paul rubens and i can't remember i'm looking at the the list of movies he was in now but he said he he remembers working with paul rubens on the set of some movie man what the hell was it the tripper now that's a slasher movie and i don't think i've ever seen this but god damn it if i'm not about to do commentary for this shit tonight people you know on some now i know this is my rest in peace paul rubens episode for sure and i'm definitely dropping this today this is something that i'm not going to keep in the chamber i feel like the timing is right like i said i had to strike while the iron was hot and get my you know not take no notes and just get my feelings out you know, as naturally as I possibly could. Um, but the tripper here, Jamie King, who's no stranger to slasher shit, Thomas Jane, Luke, Lucas Haas, David Arquette, Richmond Arquette, Courtney Cox. Hold up. Hold up now. Hold the phone, people. David Arquette directed this movie too. I now I've never seen it. I know it's a slasher movie. Says a Ronald Reagan obsessed serial killer targets a bunch of hippies who are heading to a weekend long concert. Now, I feel like this may be a movie. Okay, clearly this is a comedy. The the front cover. Oh shit. The front cover, uh, the, the Richard Nixon mask looks scary. It looks like it looks like the prosthetic makeup that they gave the guy playing George Bush in uh Harold and Kumar Escape Guantanamo Bay. Like you know it's fake, but it's like, okay, is this a mask he has on or what the fuck? And I love how he, while he's got the axe on the front cover, the tagline says, uh, move over, Jason, look out, Freddy, here's Ronnie, but it's a bunch of E's, like, y'all know, Shining fans, y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. But yes, I did not know that Paul Rubens was in the Tripper, people. I may have found tonight's commentary. I may have found it. I may record it tonight and then drop it later in the week because I've still got, um, trailers and commentaries and shit to get to people but i feel like we will get there man i just had to take the time out people definitely had to take the time out to you know um celebrate the life of our boy here man paul rubens aka my man Wee herman man gone at 70 years young man it's unfortunate but you know some people when they when they start to make it to that age and every day is a blessing it's like you know some people look at it like they they they've they've made it they look at it they like they've accomplished everything and i'm not sure if paul rubens had kids or not um 
doesn't even really it's not really my concern how that situation is going to go if uh, and i say that to say um you know when people pass away there's always you know everybody shows their true colors when the money when the money's involved you know and i don't know what the royalties are set up i'm not a tabloid journalist so i won't be i won't be doing an episode like yeah Wee herman's family fights over his estate nah fuck that we're not gonna do that people because that's some of the tackiest and most shallow shit you can do when when people pass away man trust me i i've experienced that shit hands-on personally hands-on when a relative dies and motherfuckers rear their ugly heads man so i don't i don't know what that situation is going to be we're not even going to discuss that but um i'm pretty sure whoever you know his immediate family was they've got he left behind a legacy of laughter man you know i i remember um a, a couple weeks ago i think it was robin williams birthday and one of the things i said in my caption for him was that you know i think the world is days where the world needs joy and and laughter and just pure you know pure hearted light like that man like it, the, the way that the world is now like we could i don't know if we'll ever um appreciate paul rubens the way we appreciate him now i know we you know people that have the same opinion not same opinions but people that share the same like-mindedness as i do uh as far as everything i've been saying in this episode of course we appreciate paul rumors man but there's there's definitely going to be people that you know it's not going to be until uh, you know what i'm going to include myself in that because there's tons of shit of his that i haven't seen i might watch the tripper and blow and those episodes of gotham and so on and so forth and have a whole different perspective and a whole different respect for him as an actor you know and, and those things happen man there's tons of you know not just actors and actresses but musicians who i didn't appreciate until they were already gone you know i wasn't a fan of of big l you know I, that was you know i wasn't listening to his music but then when i found out you know his music was fire i'm like damn like i should have been listening to this years ago same thing is if we're talking producers same thing with jay dilla i had no idea how many beats he was behind of music that i you know tracks i used to listen to constantly and then you go back and listen to you know uh some of his unreleased shit and some of his more slept on music and even some of the mainstream shit it's like wow this guy was an alien you know he 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 was he he, he didn't belong here you know we 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 had him on borrowed time because he had to go back home at some point you know like we he blessed us with some shit as far as singers go amy winehouse i had no idea she was such a phenomenal artist until she was already gone man and you know it's it's unfortunate but i feel like as long as we you know try to appreciate people while they're here man you know i don't think there's ever a day where i wrote paul rubens off even though the you know Wee's big holiday wasn't as good as it was it was still or as good as i wanted it to be it was still like damn like he's 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 back in this shit like at in his age you know when he could have been done with it he could have frowned his face and told that i'm not suiting up with this bullshit again i'm about to go home and get high or some shit he could have easily said some shit like that but no he didn't because he knows that his his fans out there that probably wanted that you know i feel like the fans that wanted it and the love he had outweighed the people that didn't and and so on and so forth man it's a testament to just how great paul rubens was man it's 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 a sad day but i'm glad that you know i took the time out to to get this off the chest people like i said i didn't i didn't want to have any notes the most i was going to do was go on imdb to to piss myself off and see that he had all these tv credits to his name he was in an episode of reno 911 i didn't know that i did not know that he was what is reanimated it's a tv movie i swear i saw that shit on tubi and i probably scrolled past it because i thought it was one of those movies where 
they didn't even try to make it their own thing. They just, uh, you know, they just made it into uh, like a mock off, a mock off, basically, yeah, a mock off version of something. Like, there's a, I say that because Tubi does this shit. They put movies up, you know, they they'll have Honey Ash the Kids, but then they'll have Baby We, Our Kids Are Small, Part One type shit. And it's like, yo, y'all didn't even try, man. That's like on demand. They've got them, or Tubi has a movie called uh, Animal Graveyard. It's like. So you mean tell me y'all just remade Pet Cemetery and just, what y'all had a thesaurus in front of y'all and just got lazy with it? It's another conversation for another time, people. Rest in peace. Shout out to Paul Rubens, man, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. 70 years young, man. He gave us 70 years uh, on this planet, man. Big shout out to him, man. Rest peacefully, sir. And condolences to, you know, the family and friends that were around him at the time, man. Uh, sad time but you know fly high sir um this this will make me want to watch peewee's big adventure even more and see my man flying in the air on that bike when he you know when he's on his way to that roof just to you know jump down on the roof and then the kid is like so impressed and inspired by him it's um some good shit man oh wait am i am i getting that confused with stuff oh no 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 i I almost confused myself people but that is a scene that happens in in peewee's big adventure i'm thinking of if i was getting that confused of when he was swinging from the vine but there is a scene where he puts those fucking you know those rockets on or those pack boosters whatever it is that speeds him up and he pops a fucking willy and you know damn near does the et shot and he you know he he goes over the crib and he rides down the roof and all that y'all get what i'm saying man if you don't then do yourself a favor and watch the original peewee's big adventure i guarantee it'll change your life and it plays out like a horror movie too it's morbid and dark in some sequences man especially large marge rest in peace shout out to that actress too but people y'all already know where to go man and if y'all don't y'all can follow the podcast on spotify itunes google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, overcast pocket cast breaker radio public Podbean, and podcast addict shout out to spotify for podcasters follow me on facebook instagram and tiktok romero tutor shout out to the facebook movie group the cinemaniacs happy maniac monday to y'all and last but certainly not least Shout out to the two the reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there. Still getting um the schedule and the list together, people, but I think I'm going to I think this past weekend, the episodes I'm gonna put out, there was one requested, maybe two, but the rest of them were like trailers and certain episodes and uh like a, a, a TV show episodes. And those were from my list, so I'm going to try to take myself out of my comfort zone and get back to the the request man because they're i'm telling you man y'all recommend some like i'm looking at the trailers for some of the shit that y'all recommended i'm just like i don't know what type of time i'm gonna have but i'm gonna go out on a limb and and do them because that's what y'all wanted man and uh, you know customers always right i guess did i just I, I can't even say customer that makes me sound like i'm dealing drugs here i can't do that man we just talked about paul rubens being in the movie blow but people you know i I'm not going to say I can make that comparison, but I do call the episodes ear candy, you know, for people that get bored enough. I don't know. I don't know if it's making sense right now. So I'm going to wrap this shit up before um, I just back myself into a corner, people. But y'all already know the love and support that y'all show me. I show it back to y'all tenfold and then some. So with that being said, people, yours truly, Romero Tudor. Another episode of Tudor Reviews in the can. I'll check y'all on the next one.